You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 101, Sean the Sheep. It's a classy fart joke, okay? Hello! Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Dumbbells, and everything in between. We're your hosts, Morgan Stradling, Chelsea Robson, and Mason Smith. For our very, very, very first live show of the Animation Addicts Podcast, we are pumped. Say hello, everyone. Hello! Hello, world. In beautiful Technicolor, we are reaching out to you. (laughs) And the first appearance on camera of the Thundertubes. Oh, really? Is Is this actually the first time on video? Well, not the... Oh, unless you were at the Rotocast a couple weeks ago. Yeah, unless you were at the Rotocast, then you were able to get it then. So be a patron to do that. You also got a dramatic reading of it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Are new to the show? This is the Animation Addicts podcast, and we talk about all things animated films, past, present, future. We cover all the studios, and we just have a great time doing it. Um, If you are listening to the audio file and you don't know what we're talking about, this is our very first live show that we are doing um, via via. Computer. What's the term? Oh my gosh! Yeah, computer technology. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Via webcam. So we have Google Hangout. <laughs> yes, we have Google Hangout, and we are listening. So this is brought to you by the patrons. The patrons supported us, and this was one of our goals. When we hit two hundred fifty dollars a month, we would start doing live shows. Which, to be honest, is kind of scary because there's all sorts of technical difficulties and all sorts of things. But we have done it, and it's thanks to the patrons. So thank we you. We did it. We actually did it. People at SIGGRAPH are doing real-time face scanning, and we just figured out how to hook all our webcams together. Yes! (laughs) Also, uh, today I will be the chat master, so if you go on rotoscopers.com slash live, you can interact with yours truly. Whew! That's exciting. So this episode, for our 101st episode, we are going to be reviewing the newly released in the U.S., Sean the Sheep movie. Now, this just came out this past week, and we're really, really excited to talk about it. I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely adore this movie, and I think it's delightful, it's smart. So in this episode, we are going to just review the film, talk about our favorite points, favorite themes, different messages, uh, you know, quote any quotes that we can remember and have just an all-around great time. So thank you, and uh, yeah. Sean the Sheep and his flock know every trick to having a good time. But things can get out of control very quickly. Now, to get the family back together, they'll need a little wool power and a lot of teamwork. To stay out of trouble, they need to think fast. Look sharp. Walk this way. And always keep their cool. 
Because if they can't blend in... They could end up... Back in the pen. From Ardman Animations, the creators of Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run present A Great Escape to the City. Sean the Sheep, the movie. I have never I had never seen anything Sean the Sheep related before I saw the movie. Well no you it was a Sean the Sheep Virgin. We definitely watched all of the Wallace shorts. And if you go back to episode fifteen, I believe, of the Rotoscopers uh, Animation Addicts podcast, you did we did review all of those in which Sean the Sheep did show up in one of them. That's, so that's true. He was in a close off. shave. Mm-hmm. But that was the last time I'd, I'd seen him. I knew that they had a television show, like a show about him, and they where they have like ten or so episodes. No. Or oh, quite many? a few actually. There's over a hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they had they had only ten episodes like in two thousand and nine or something. Okay. I don't know, but but yeah, they have a four seasons by now, and then there's even a sideshow called uh, Timmy Time where. Um, you know, it's more of a kid or a children oriented one with, uh, Timmy. I'm assuming he's the, the tiny little, little sheep. Well, dang, they found their cash sheep. <laughs> they did find their <laughs> cash sheep. <laughs> First joke of the episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is from Ardman Animation. Ardman is so cool. I love them. It was also directed by Richard Stars, um, Starzak and Mark Burton. That sounds like such a science fiction name. <laughs> I am Starzak. <laughs> so, so these two guys, these are actually screenwriters for the Shaun the Sheep television show and are very instrumental in bringing that to life over the past few years. And so they were brought on to direct this live, uh, this feature length film of it, which is very, very exciting. Um, so let's talk about release date. It was released February 6th in the US, in the UK and August 5th in the United States. Quite a big uh, difference about six months time and unfortunately it has not done very well in the u.s it's made it did pretty well in the uk and it's already on blu-ray and people love it i mean sean the sheep is just adored over there ardman animation is adored over there um but in the u.s i don't know not so much it opened this weekend and it didn't even crack the top 10 which is very disappointing Aww. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was open, it moved to a Wednesday, it was supposed to be on Friday at one point, they moved it to a Wednesday, and you know, a lot of the adults that I talked to just didn't really even know that this movie existed, that it was coming out, Um, I went and saw an advanced screening, and my neighbors went with me, she's like, I didn't even know that this movie was out, but when I told my kids, they knew, and they were excited, so the kids obviously had seen, you know, they're, they're familiar with the TV show, and probably had seen the commercials, but it just didn't seem to necessarily be marketed towards the adults in order to get them into the theater to bring, you know, their families, which is such a shame because mm-hmm. uh, it's already, it's it, it's just hilarious. Not hilarious. It's very sad. It's one of the most 
critically acclaimed animated films of the year, yet one of the worst performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's sad in a very hilarious way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely. <laughs> well, I get what you, I get what you mean. It's 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 kind of funny. Like I don't I don't recall. Of course, I don't have cables, but I don't I don't recall there being a marketing campaign. I really that the was only that reason. Big. The only reason I knew that it was coming out was because I actively went out and searched for it. And had I not done that, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, the only promotion that I had seen for the film was, I think because I run the Rotoscopers Twitter account, um, it, it knows what Twitter ads to target towards me. And so I did <laughs> a lot of targeted Twitter ads. Um, yeah. Too much, in, in fact, where I had to click the X button and say, stop showing this, you're showing this too much. But other than that, I don't know <laughs> any other people necessarily um, were familiar about this. We even had people in the comments of the website in my review um, and in the article talking about how well it did over the box office or not well, um, saying, wow, I didn't even know this movie was out, which is uh, if the animation addicts don't even know about it, that's mm-hmm. a really bad sign about your marketing. So it was yeah. Lionsgate did acquire the, the distribution rights to distribute it here in the U.S., and I'm not quite sure. They haven't had a very good track record with animated films so far, so I don't know. They just don't have that engine behind them or, or maybe the, the prowess that some of the other studios do to really capture that market and get them to go into the theater. But enough about talking about the – Got to have that steam. Yeah. Choo-choo. If you are listening to this and for some reason you haven't seen the Child on the Sheep movie, I just go see it, um, mm-hmm. whether it's – already released where you live or you're in the u.s just go see it and and help it out because it is so adorable and cute and just such a great movie yeah yeah sad that it's and that way and the aggregate review scores show it, it has a 99 percent on rotten tomatoes that's really impressive like super impressive yeah and with good reason, like, I think in if you were to describe Sean the Sheep in one word, I would just describe it as cute. Like, when I was rolling up to the theater, um, which I'll talk about in a second, I uh, I was texting Morgan that I was going to see it, and she was like, oh, the movie is so cute. And I was like, well, all right. And it, <laughs> that really is the perfect word to describe it. Like, it's cute in, like, uh, to quote, um, to quote Min- Mindy Kaling, in the most profoundly wholesome way. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it. So what are your th- thoughts, Chelsea? I totally enjoyed it. I mean, every little bit, I was just, I was so intrigued. I was so, um, yeah, I just watched it and I was like, this is something I can just get into. Like, um one of the my favorite parts of it was the fact that there was no dialogue, so that made it even more of a of an, an anomaly almost. It was just like I have to watch this now and I have to like, see what's going on. They they did a really good job of tying you in, making you feel like I need to know what's happening with these sheep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, totally. What was your experience at the theaters? Was it packed? Was it not packed? Okay, so I went I went at 11:40 in the morning. So I went to the very first showing that I could on on Friday. And um let's see, there were about 15 people in the theater total. <laughs> and it seemed like I was uh it seemed like I was the only adult who didn't bring along a small child. <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh crap, like this is Ardman. Did you see Pirates Band of Misfits? Oh, <laughs> the cheering kids sound effects." <laughs> We started, I think, didn't we start that for the Monsters, yeah, Monsters University, because I went and saw it with a bunch of kids. Anyway, 
But yeah, I was like, didn't you see Pirates Bands of Misfits? Like, this doesn't. Ex- I, I, I'm not expecting this to have like child-oriented humor. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have mixed views as to whether the film, in the end, is for kids or not. Um, and I have my reasons for that. We'll talk about that later, I guess. But, you know, I saw a lot of kids going in and out of the theater for, like, bathroom breaks, you know, for soda and popcorn. Oh, I'm sorry. If you had a movie theater, you're supposed to say popcorn and Coca-Cola. You have to articulate it perfectly. Um, and uh, and so I, I saw a lot of in and outs with the kids. So I don't know if that means they were getting bored or if it's just a a, a thing that happens when you take a child to the movie theater. It's kind of a thing that happens when you take a child to the movie theater. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we left the house and they have to go to the restroom. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about kind of the main thing that made this movie stand out, other than that it was stop motion, claymation, was that it had no dialogue, which I think... No I dialogue whatsoever. No what? coherent dialogue. Yes, yes. There were there was a, there were a few songs um, that were clearly in English, and there was some bubbling and whatnot. But what do you guys think? <laughs> well, and they had a few signs, you know, as far as like reading. Yeah. But other than that, like yeah, um, you know, one thing I love about Ardman is they know that they know their aesthetic. They know what their style is as far as aesthetics go. There's and they also know how to do the show me, don't tell me type of uh, relaying their storyline. I mean, you look at the Wallace and Gromit. You know, Gromit doesn't ever talk, and the only he doesn't even bark ever. Like the only time that he ever does anything is maybe he'll do a growl or anything. Um, yeah. But it's just all in your face. It's all in like situational humor that they throw in and um honestly i was thinking about it back on our you know 100th episode we talked about different fandoms and i think that's one of the key indicators for a fandom is when you do know your style so well especially for like newer studios or like smaller studios yeah absolutely um coming out of the theater i was like pondering on like on like what sets ardman apart from like like a um, and that's really the only other big um, <laughs> stop motion art house that I that I can that's think of right now. Currently doing things, yeah. That have now that currently and consistently do feature films, but yeah, um, you know, Leica does rely on dialogue, and there's nothing wrong with it. No. Because I I wouldn't even compare the majority of Leica films with Ardman films, but Ardman, uh, like Chelsea said, they have just they've got it down. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a good animation team to to successfully convey things like emotions and intentions and attitudes, etc., without the use of dialogue. Like, there are some films where, like, your style is so naturalistic, you know, with, you know, talking animals are concerned, that you need dialogue because, like, Watership Down would have been really boring if it didn't <laughs> have dialogue the way they'd created it. Yeah. And, um... But uh, yeah, for Shaun the Sheep, it just kept the film so exciting and engaging without being, without like boring me. Like mm-hmm. there were times when I was on the cusp of being a little bored, but then something really exciting and entertaining would happen. And so, um, boy, howdy, they really got the um, the pacing down and and just the story and the fact that they did it all without coherent dialogue just uh, elevates this film into uh, a work of art. What did yeah. you think, Morgan? Yeah, I completely agree. I um, I think that because this movie didn't have 
as much, you know, very little dialogue that they weren't able to rely on the dialogue to lead the story. They had to focus really bad. They had to focus on the visuals, making sure those were top notch, the visual comedy to make sure that that hit and stuck. And as well as the music from the very first notes, there was sort of this harp that was playing. And I was like, wow, you know, I normally don't notice the music first off, but I did. And it really carried the film, you know, all three of those things together just made this film amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Not to not to mention you don't have any celebrity voice contracts to pay for. Woohoo! You know, uh, there, there are still voice actors for this film. Like if you go on IMDb or Wikipedia, you'll see that, you know, Sean There is a voice cast. Voice actor. Yeah, they mm-hmm. you know, there are voice actors behind these these actors, and I don't think we should diminish their role. I mean, they have an important role in creating sheep noises and animal noises and some grumbles here and there, but it's uh, definitely different than what we are used to. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we launch into the film. Um, I, Like I said, I, I had never seen an episode of Shaun the Sheep uh, before I watched the movie, but it sets it up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was funny when I was watching this, um, because I hadn't gone in and watched any of the, any of the four seasons of Shaun the Sheep. So like, all I remember was from a close shave, Wallace and Gromit. So I'm like, wait, where did this ginger guy come from? Like, where did, I don't understand <laughs> where, like what's going on here. Absolutely. But, but it does, it does a really well, a really good job of like doing the, uh, what do you call it? The exposition, you know, mm-hmm. helping us all figure out this is their world. This is what they do. And this is the conflict. It, right. it spells it all out pretty well. Right, right, right. Yeah. And Chelsea, you have a little context about, you know, uh, the Wallace and Gromit shorts. Uh-huh. But not enough context to know them from the TV or from the TV show. I think right. most people would not have any context of the TV show or the shorts, and so they sure. wouldn't even recognize uh, Sean the sheep as being anything that you would you would know from any other previous works. Uh, but like Mason said, I think they did it fabulous. I loved. I didn't. I have not seen the TV show, but I felt that I was able to jump right into this film. I don't. Mm-hmm. There may have been some jokes from the film that went over my head, but they weren't so. Uh, you know, necessary to the plot that I felt lost and confused because mm-hmm. yeah. fans, I didn't feel that at all. So I think that's one reason why this film is so successful is it is based on a previous TV property, um, but they're able to spin it. So it totally works. Yeah. You know, oh. for example, we recently did a commentary of Equestria Girls, which is based on My Little Pony. And that film needed a lot of context. I felt that when I was watching it with Mason and, and Chelsea hadn't seen it, but I had to, kind of explain, oh, okay, well, she's a unicorn, and, you know, so they have powers, and, and she's a pegasus, and, oh, she's an alicorn, that's why she's a princess. There was a lot you had to explain <laughs> to me. You didn't have to do any of that for this, which is a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, my favorite thing, like, this, the song that they open up with was so catchy. Yes. Like, every day feels... It was just so... That was like, I just feel so into this right now. Uh-huh, like, it was totally like a Beach Boy type vibe that I got with it. I was like, but this is why it's so awesome. Well, you can see that the farmer originally got the sheep because he loved them because it was something that he loved to do. It wasn't necessarily a money-making thing or something mundane or boring like it, it turned out to be, you know, by the time they start the movie. And so it's really cute. And, and I like all that imagery, you know, the little, the little stop motion Polaroid that they take. It's cute. Yeah. And they, they, and they love him back. They're so happy to be with him. And then like <laughs> things get really old, really quick or not really old, really quick, but like 
everyone's grown up and gotten bored of what they do. You know, the checklist, the dog, every day is the same thing. You know, it's like Sean has like a Jack the Pumpkin King moment where he's like, oh, the same old thing, you know. <laughs> then he goes to the city and is like, what's this? There's cars everywhere. What's this? There's concrete in my hair. But yeah. Um, um, and then you get the central conflict because all Sean wanted to do was have a day off. Don't we all? Right. Well, and then Sean is really smart. We figure that out off the bat. He has connections and he's very resourceful. Yes, I love how he was like paying off the duck with the slice of bread. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he changed them and he counted them and he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's that like, was great. Hey, pay up one more. <laughs> you know, with that, when I saw the duck, I thought we were gonna see a Feathers McGraw reference somewhere in the film from like uh, Wallace and Gromit. You know. That the most awesome. notorious stop-motion bird of them all. <laughs> hey, do not... Okay, so I went actually and fed some ducks last Saturday, and Aww. there was this other guy who had, like, a giant bag of bread and then also had this, like, food. And at the park where I go to, it's got, like... It had to have at least a thousand geese slash ducks slash random birds that are just around, and they just stay there at this little lake place that I go and he stopped feeding him and he started walking over to another place and you could just I was on the other side and I'm like watching as like a thousand birds start following him over I'm like ooh that doesn't bode well <laughs> uh, uh, it really doesn't it gets it gets all Alfred Hitchcock really quick yeah. but yeah um oh so okay so something I something I um I wanted to bring up so spoiler alert the farm, like, if you're still watching and you are worried about spoilers, then go away. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, Every show is spoiler, very spoiler filled. So oh, just yeah. yeah, pause right now, go see it, and come back. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, let's talk about amnesia and memory loss because part of the big conflict is that the farmer gets like in a strange and bizarre turn of events, he winds up um, in his pajamas in the middle of the city. And he also bonks his noggin um, to where he loses his memory, memory loss. They write it off in the, uh, in the, um, whatchamacallit, the hospital, you know, the place where you take sick people. So it's very popular in live action. I feel like there are tons of live action Hollywood movies where like a character loses his memory and then they have to pick up the pieces again. You know, same thing yeah. with games. But, like, I can't think of that many animated films where um, amnesia and memory loss is, like, a huge element. Besides one, and that is Finding Nemo, soon to be Finding Dory. But I can't really think of another animated film where, like, you know, part, like, a, a way to build or enhance the plot is to have one of the characters lose his memory. Maybe there's a swan princess somewhere, ep a movie somewhere where someone loses their memory. Enlighten, enlighten me. No. <laughs> no, usually, I, it usually it happens a lot in love stories or, or romantic yeah. comedies where the, the one person, they're in love and then the one person... The heart remembers everything. Yes. Well, like, oh. we'll be with this person forever. And I mean, that even that even happens in Once Upon a Time. With the, one of the first seasons, one of the main characters has memory loss and, and is... Don't they know, all, though? Because they, like, technically don't know who they are. Well, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is true. But this one has double memory loss where they can't remember who they are even in this other man <laughs> i thought we could go an episode without a once upon a time reference <laughs> no, 
we actually go a lot of episodes. <laughs> right. I'm stuck in season three, so it's hard. It's no two. I'm still stuck in season two, which I heard is one of the not so good seasons. So I'm trying to catch up. We'll see. They bring happens. Stitch in there, and it just gets. <laughs> Well, yeah, 51st Dates, uh, says Sarah on the chat, but, like, we're talking about animation. Like, hmm. I think that's I a good I really can't. I'm, I'm going through my database, and I'm like, hmm, memory loss, memory loss. No, no. Oh, uh, Shrek. Shrek deals with memory loss. Wait, no, it, it it deals with identity loss. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, in Shrek 2, Shrek turns into a, the hunk of hunk of burn in love. <laughs> oh, uh, Anastasia. Oh, yeah, you're right. Anastasia. Anastasia is yeah. Anastasia is the best Disney movie, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yeah, you know, I I liked how it worked here. It was kind of predictable. It was like, oh, he's gonna lose his memory, and he's probably not gonna like them or remember. Um, but I just loved the way that they were able to tell the story. It the was twist, like, the twist it went from there was flawless. It was amazing. How because he's been sharing and to make co- and to make years that. He just oh, right. absolutely becomes this amazing hairdresser. <laughs> this amazing buzzboy artist. Yeah, exactly. That this this famous, you know, celebrity with his hair, you know, he's clearly known for his hair, you know, stumbles into his chair, gets <laughs> and then realizes like, hey, I like that. new do. <laughs> new do. Yeah, totally. I, I needed a new chair. <laughs> yeah. So um to make matters worse, they've lost their owner. Sean cannot manage the farm by himself. He does a horrible job. They're hungry. The pigs have, have crashed into the house or th- and are throwing a party. And to make matters worse... Three little pigs. Um, I thought that was great. To make matters worse, here comes the dog catcher, the dude from the pound. You know, I feel like you know, that... We were talking about you know amnesia in animated films. I feel like the dog catcher in animated films or the... I feel like I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Just, if you're an animal, your number one nemesis is the dog catcher, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> the pound. Uh. Jail for animals. Um, so, yeah, he is hardcore. He gets he so much. He's clearly good at what he does. And he gets I so much satisfaction his, out love, of it. Oh, absolutely. He's way into his job. And I love how the little details, like, just how, like, how by the books he is. First, he ropes everything off with police tape, <laughs> quarantines the animal, catches them, marks their Polaroid, uh, you know, records their photo, <laughs> takes them away. <laughs> I love that little really device funny. that he has that just kind of, like, gripped him around the middle. Yep. Like, I'm sure people yeah. are... No, Peto would be not very happy with that, but whatever. It's a cartoon. It's funny. Everything's stylized. It was hilarious. And then he's got his secret compartment with the mega extermination device. I feel like he was a like he was one of those cops that just got laid off from his job because he was a little <laughs> bit too on the inside, or I don't know. Yeah, you said it. He was just a little too into his job, and so they're like, "Nope, you're out of here." You're out of here. You got washed up as a dog catcher. <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of a step down. <laughs> yeah, he's he's found his calling in life clearly because he is very very persistent with finding those sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a high profile case. I mean, sheep in the city. Okay, so the whole gang shows up, 
And you know they're not very bright at all. That's one thing you start you start figuring out early on is that the rest of the sheep are sheep. They follow along and they're not very bright. They don't have many original ideas. And uh, they're not as smooth and, and intelligent as Sean is, so that's why they need Sean, I guess. That's what I thought was so great about the, the sheep is that they're, they really didn't have any personalities. You could tell some of them apart based on their looks, and of course there's the little baby, there's the mom, and but but Sean is really the only one with any sort of brains in the operation, and they just follow along, and it's perfect. I'm glad they didn't try to give them uh, personality or whatnot. Maybe they do in the TV oh, show. right. But this works perfectly with, you know, just following along like sheep, which they do. Uh, thankfully, yeah, rem- remember how we um, remember how we talked about films that are based on TV series and animation and how sometimes they go the route where, like, there's a huge argument between two main characters that in the series would never have a, a huge <laughs> argument. And it's like, ooh, is this the end of the Rugrats forever? You know, is this the end of Hey Arnold and his gang forever? You know, and yeah. um. All I can think of is Nickelodeon at the moment. But they always do that. They create these, like, uh, conflicts of personality that didn't exist in the show. And like Morgan said, like, we haven't seen the show, so we're kind of, you know, shooting in the dark with that. But I'd be willing to bet they got along just fine in the show, and they got along just fine in the movie. So no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Um of course, they get the whole gang together, and um, every good film needs a good uh, chaos at the fancy French restaurant sequence, <laughs> where everything is just balancing on a needle's point, and at any moment, everything could go wrong. And it does. Of course I it does. I love it. They're like, all right, we're going to copy that guy. <laughs> and then he burps really loudly, and everybody's like, oh, that's rude. And then Sean's like, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> Drops the silverware. <laughs> oh, yeah, they dropped the silverware. I love it. All the people are, like, looking at him, like... That's another thing I like about this film is that the amount of extras is uh, is pretty large, and they all have their own kind of, like... It's, it's good extra work, you know? <laughs> they got extras that act really well in this film. <laughs> yeah, well, going to the animation, I was just blown away by the animation. Every time I see a stop-motion animated film, I... The artistry and the the detail that goes into it, how painstakingly difficult it must have been to mm-hmm. film like that. I I appreciate it so much, and I'm sure yeah. you know CGI and 2D animated films are just as hard and just as complex. But to me, the fact that it is you know a physical model that you have to move around and the things that you're able to do is is so impressive. Um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like every stop motion film that we review, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> look at the water. <laughs> no kidding, it's it's so ma- look at the water. It's so masterful, and yet it, on extreme close-ups, you can see uh, the thumbprints, you yeah. know, of of people's fingers, like. And I love that about Ardman. I love when they do that. Like that's why I love watching the old Wallace and Gromit shorts because you can see the you can see the nitty gritty craftiness of it. You yeah. know, back I then it was that... literally claymation. Right. Yeah. It's not claymation. I it may be claymation, but you know they're a lot more sophisticated well, back then, in how they create. Yeah, back then. But now, you know, they have models for each mouth. They pop a you know mm-hmm. the face on and off. But I still like that they add the little fingerprint details in the models, just to give it that that right kind of kind of intentional, like uh like what they did with Fantastic Mr. Fox, where you can you can see the auteur, the hand of the auteur. As it were. 
And uh, I I I looked at it a little bit and and Leica um Leica have large they have large models. Like they're larger mm-hmm. than you'd think. It's not like a little toy that you make out of clay. They're they're fairly large. And um I think Ardvid models tend to be smaller. But I'm not sure. But but yeah, like Morgan said, there's all kinds of awesome technology that goes into it now, how they have interchangeable parts. And then, you know, Leica, they have like clockwork, key-driven uh, precision mm-hmm. armatures and stuff like that. Like they recently sent out a call for, uh, for animators and stop-motion people for Leica. And I was like, who out there knows how to work these things or is, is experienced with working these, these, these intricate, you know, armatures? But... Mm-hmm. Well, even when like a camera is panning and the characters are moving, that's so impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? But do you think they do that in post, like digitally, or if there's actual like frame by frame? No, I think the computer, I, the camera is probably set up to a computer that every frame that you move, it moves like a, a millimeter. You know? Yeah. yeah. But the again, science I behind it. That's why I love these behind-the-scenes videos and, and featurettes that they show about the making of stop-motion animated films. It's just, it's like at the end of the box trolls. The box trolls had the credits were basically oh, yeah. how it was made, and everyone's, you know, their mouth That's just. What you call the, the futility of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty good. <laughs> and then, um, you know, they get caught. And they all go to the pound. And despite it being one of those things where people can walk in and choose a pet and adopt it, the mean old dog catcher guy just knocks over the sign. What a jerk. <laughs> as, the, as the proud father of a rescue dog, of a shaggy rescue dog, little Jane, I was pretty angry at that. But it also makes you um it makes you really pity the ugly dog that's in the film. It's like super ugly. <laughs> the little ugly dog was so cute. With the like spider lashes and everything. <laughs> spider lashes, snaggle tooth, everything. It has a mane like a lion. I think there's a funnier part of the film, but but the funniest part of the prison sequence is dog looks over at all the animals and he looks right in front of him and it's just that dog who's just daring. And I love it because they, they break the rule of thirds where the dog's just like, oh, my gosh. He's like, oh, he's still looking at me. Is he still looking at me? Yep. <laughs> you know, and the dog's still like, oh, crap. Headphones. He's still like. <laughs> His eyes are like all bloodshot because he's been staring for so long. I don't know why, but just like tiny little moments like that. Ardman just like knocks out of the ballpark and it just makes me like well oh, and, that, and that joke was funny freak you know, out. did it when them in the in the the prison but then the real kicker that just makes it come full circle is at the very end it's just a cutout the cutout yep. <laughs> they bring it back i love it and then uh oh uh there's this clever part where sean like wants it to look like they blew a hole out of the wall so he just draws it with chalk mm-hmm. and i was like that that was clever well, he's been drawing on things. They had to draw it. He's been drawing on things um, since you the beginning. You know, he's been so... making plans for a while. <laughs> he knows what he wants to do on his day off, so that's why he puts his, the in the very beginning when he put his owner into the little um, the little house and like drew on the curtain to make it look like it was going outside. Like this, this sheep is smart. He is smart. His flock mates are not so smart. No. 
they blow up the wrong wall. <laughs> it's just a construction worker on the toilet. That was so great. <laughs> and like Sean's just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> I'm surrounded by idiots. Sean is like a good scar. He is. <clears throat> Except yeah. not a bad guy. Oh, he's not a bad guy, yeah. Oh. Bad gee. But yeah, um, but the funniest part for me was how they... Oh, what? <laughs> Zangief. You are a bad guy, uh, but you are not... That's not to me. <laughs> you are a bad guy. <laughs> Zangief. But anyway, um, for me, the funniest part of the film was how they treat the uh, the farmer's rise to stardom through the use of social media. He literally goes viral. Yeah. You can see... Um, First, uh, for uh, okay. First of all, okay. For there's a couple of awesome details. For one, um, his his artsy T-shirt is just like a white shirt that's got like garbage smeared all over it. And the other, the other, the other stylist is is like, you know, he looks at, it, he's like, oh, someone's wearing my shirt. I thought I was a trendy. And when he sees the shears and he sees the movie star. He just grabs him and wrangles him like he's one of his <laughs> And they keep doing that. Like, that's how he treats every new client that comes in. He just grabs him and wrangles him. And they're like, oh, this is such a cool – it's so organic, this technique, you know. <laughs> it's like on Pinterest. Like, this is how you how you cut people's hair, you know. And he grabs him and shears him like a freaking sheep. <laughs> oh my like details like that are are so awesome to see in these films. But uh yeah, you see everything the the shares, the likes, the freaking photo shoot. Uh, the photo that doesn't upload or it's just sitting there, you know, processing. Everybody got oh, a lot yeah. of my feet. Everyone was like, oh, we've all been there." <laughs> oh my god. You really know how to speak to us, man. You really know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Do you think we'll ever see a cosplay of uh, the farmer in his artsy? Oh, I hope so. I that would be someone needs to do that. Someone you, all you need is PJ off. pants, and you got to have the artsy shirt, which is super easy. Have the hair and the glasses. And well, and, and like maybe carry around a fake shears. Yeah. See, that's all you need. And any gingers out there who are always like, man. <laughs> wear wigs all the time for my costume i just wish there was a good character you know guy that i could other than hercules that i could be like got one now they yeah found absolutely him. <laughs> and then he just magically gets the job i wish that there were jobs more jobs where you just show up and try out and they're like all right we've got an empty station for you right here <laughs> right. Walk on it's like you did a good job he liked it here have a dollar <laughs> out of like the 50 like He's paid like $700 or something for that haircut. Here's a dollar for you. Good job. <laughs> have a chair. Oh, it might have been like 500 quid or whatever they yeah, call, whatever. say it out there in the UK. I don't know. Aja tried to explain it to me once, and I was like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a good old fan <laughs> of dollars. But, yeah, um, I love the wrangling. Um, the only sad part is that he doesn't recognize them. That was so sad, and like you could see the pain in in Sean's eyes when he was just like, oh he's crying. <laughs> my my boss man doesn't remember me. All I mean after all those mornings that I we woke up together and all those years you don't remember me. All the times the dog's face got slammed in the front door. 
<laughs> but yeah. Um, that dog was so funny. I liked him. I liked him a lot. You know, oh, what the dog? Yeah. I felt like the dog was slight ripoff of Gromit. Yeah, a little bit. No. No, you didn't feel that? You know, Gromit Gromit's more of a worrier. This dog to me was more of like a duty-bound like guard dog. That's true. Like he knows yeah. his role, he's really good at it, and he's not going to let these sheep get in the way. Whereas Gromit is like, I have somewhat of a dim-witted owner, <laughs> and I really need to look out for him because like people are constantly trying to kill him. Remember, Wallace and Gromit is the Alfred Hitchcock of um, of animation, as we discussed in our previous episodes. Okay, can I can I just bring up the sheep who is the backpack when they go into the restaurant? Jimmy. Favorite sheep of them all. I love that one. I love like, it. Now I know why they've made a spinoff of Timmy. Right? Yeah. Oh, Timmy. He's so, so cute. Every time and then, or Bod. Who doesn't love a baby? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's just adorable. And then I I actually was really interested in the sheep with the curlers in. Mm-hmm. I just really want to see at some point in time. If they've had those curlers in for that long... They're probably not going anywhere. Could you imagine taking those out? I can. Yes, I can. already curly. Well, from someone who uses curlers and like those on a regular basis, I know that the length of time that you put in them does add to the length of time that they actually stay, generally speaking. Um, In the South, it doesn't really do that well. But, you know. Hair lessons with children. Yes. Thanks, Chelsea. You're welcome. Not curly today. Next week, (laughs) flat irons. (laughs) I don't use flat irons as much, but it's okay. I used to use the chi in high school. (laughs) Yeah, Mason knows how to work the chi. (laughs) And the blow dryer, which I learned when he stayed at my house. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised I don't have a blow dryer, my own blow dryer. Patrons, if you I need it, man. Look. a blow dryer, he needs it. He just has yeah. the mane of hair that needs to be... Go fund me. Mason needs a blow dryer. <laughs> it has to be an Italian one like my wife's. It's like, that thing's like an aircraft engine. <laughs> it's fantastic. The Italians, man. Anyway, speaking of Italians, actually not. That was like a weird tangent. Um, yeah, it was. I really like... Um, I like their, like, ultimate plan of getting him out of there. They're like, all right, we're just going to repeat the same process that we got him in the city yeah. to get him out. We're going to do the, um, we're going to do the, um, camper trailer. The, uh, the what? Oh, that we got to get no, the camper trailer. Well, but before that, you got to make sure everybody falls asleep. So yeah, you got to do the counting sheep thing. Oh, over not about and over. The counting. That was so funny at the very, no. they did it. Oh my gosh. No. And then at the end, oh, yeah, we have know. like, the guy in the trampoline story, he, like, falls asleep and he keeps bouncing up and down. Oh, oh that yeah. part was hilarious. I, I got a biggest kick out of that one. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I, I love how it, it escalates really, really nicely. Like, I felt like it, it didn't get ridiculous. It was ridiculous in, like, a funny way where it's like, okay, first we got the horse – and then um, the dog catcher gets shoved up the fake horse's butt. 
And so there was that. And then uh, now we're on the run, and then we're trying to get our owner to remember everything. And then, oh, no, it's a rock quarry and all this stuff. <laughs> I love how I had the sign of this is where houses fall, just in case you didn't know what was going to happen next. <laughs> right, that's right. And so I, I thought the ending was like, whoa, 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 it keeps going on. But then um, it wrapped oh, up cool. nice, you know. They brought the bull back, and the bull helped just to That's right. push it. The bull is good in the end. And then and then they bring the master back, and the pigs are like, oh, crap. we got to clean up. <laughs> clean. So that was, that, that was another, you know, com, com, that was another comedic moment that they did that you would think the pigs would just be pigs and leave, but the fact that they're pigs and they were actually pretty clean and tidy when it came down to it, I, that made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like it's like perfect, yeah. Convenient quarry. Kaja just uh, reminded us on chat of the name of the quarry. It's like convenient quarry. Like oh my gosh, that's great. Oh, but no, Morgan. Yeah. Did you notice when the when the dog catcher like pops out from underneath the camper, like it was a total like sideshow Bob moment. Oh, yes. And I was like, why don't you have rakes? Rakes! <laughs> anyway, that was my Simpsons tangent for the episode. Who's Sideshow Bob? <gasps> I'm so sorry, Mason, that you didn't know. You can't do that. I know who Sideshow Bob is. Okay, good. But anyway, um, <clears throat> just from the Butterfinger BBs commercial. But yeah, um, <clears throat> so... Nobody better lay a finger. I like how it wrapped up. And that's that's pretty much it. Like the movie wraps up really well. They go back to what they were doing at the beginning of the film, and all is all is put back in order. Even the ugly dog finds an owner. Oh, <laughs> bus driver. That was the cutest part. The bus driver looks just like her. <laughs> There's someone for everyone. The See, that guy. way they don't have to change the core TV series to accommodate this new character. <laughs> right. You know? I hate it when they, I also don't like it when they do that in animated films. It's like we have to change the entire universe of the show just for the sake of the movie, you know. And so that character wrapped up nicely. And so um, in the end, I was extremely impressed by this film, and I'd like to have a mini discussion on why we think that Sean the Sheep. Wait, first of all, Sean the Sheep movie. So how do you say that? Is How do you articulate that? Is it like Sean the Sheep movie or is it Sean the Sheep colon movie or Sean colon the Sheep comma movie <laughs> semicolon? Question mark? He's just, or is it just Sean the Sheep movie? Sean the Sheep movie, the colon. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what – okay, so what makes Sean the Sheep – Sean the Sheep movie. <laughs> so great. The Sean the Sheep movie. It's just Sean the Sheep. It's not the Sean the Sheep. The Sean the Sheep the movie. <laughs> okay, apparently the one thing that is not so great about this film is its title. Is the title. Aw. <laughs> or they could have just done the Pixar route and just done Sean. Or <laughs> Sheep. Or sheep Sean. Dear. What if, what if sheep had feelings? But yeah. What did I All think right, about so, it was so good about it? Um, yeah, what, what makes Sean the Sheep so great? So good! Well, I mean, when you look at the difference of 
I mean, this one had just about as much, like, this is no dialogue, but you look at movies like maybe The Minions, which was the highest grossing, like, animated movie ever or something like that. Like, Ish. sequel, something like, within its first week, that was something like that. Don't like, quote us on this, people. We yeah. don't want emails. Yeah, don't fact check <laughs> us on that. Sorry. It brought in a lot of money, okay? <laughs> well, you look at Sean the Sheep, which, like, barely cracked the top, like, didn't even crack the top ten. And I see, you know, um, well, Shaun the Sheep was just such, like, the smarter side of kid-type humor, you know? Um, like, Minions, don't get me wrong, it has its place in the pantheon of great <laughs> kid movies. But it just doesn't have that same, like, you go in there and you realize very quickly, this is a fart joke-type movie. While there was a a classy fart joke that I'm really glad that they were able to throw in there. A classy fart joke? Wait, wait. Explain to me what a classy fart joke is. A title. One that doesn't smell so foul, perhaps. Well, remember when the when the dog catcher goes into the horse's rear end and then he goes out and the way that they start pushing themselves is sticking the... They start... They stick the... Um, it's very Ace Ventura. Fire. Well, yeah, the fire, the fire extinguisher out the rear end, and that pushed them, propelled them forward. It's a fart joke, but at the same time, it's not like a literal fart joke. Like when you walk into um, Minions, it's just like you got butts. It's just like whoopee cushion, everyone laughs. laughs. Exactly. So that's what I take from this movie. Very cool. <laughs> more than that. I think, I think more than just that. But... That's what I got out of this. Classy <laughs> fart jokes. If that's Chelsea's definition of class. I'm very worried. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do the a fart joke. The internet is doomed. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of, the, one of the key ingredients, I think, to what makes this film so great is that it has a wide range of characters that appeal to a wide audience. Mm-hmm. You have Sean, who is like the everyman who's just... Okay. Stop everything. Sarah just said a classy fart joke is when you fart in French. <laughs> or in a French restaurant, perhaps. There you go. Ah, or in a f- French restaurant. All right. Um, or a classic fart joke is a classic instead of classy is when you fart in Latin. See, I, I made it funny too. Really? Anyway, so, uh, 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 <laughs> yes, there will be a, an in-depth analysis next episode on the anatomy of a fart joke. No pun intended on the whole anatomy part. But yeah, um, so Sean. Sean is like the everyman who's just trying to get by, and he's resourceful and smart. You know, we all aspire to be like Sean, you know. And then uh, you've got the dumb sheep herd, and they make for an entirely new range of comedy. Um, the dumb comedy, you know, where, you know, have you ever met the, a group of people who are just blundering around? <laughs> and... Um, and so I really enjoyed the, what they brought to the table. Then you have the filthy party pigs who are filthy and they party. So that's uh, that's pretty easy to get. And then you've got uh, adorable little baby sheep who has the adorable little funny moments, you know. I think his name is Timmy. Correct Timmy. me if I'm wrong. It is. Again. I think what really got it for me is just what we've been talking about is that the humor is written so that it is funny and it makes people laugh, and it's hilarious. But we don't feel like we're sacrificing our intelligence by laughing at this. 
Like it's like we're laughing mm-hmm. at life. Yeah. Like it's humor without being overly rude or wacky. We've made quite a few comparisons to Minions tonight and uh or today if you're in the UK. Um but uh oh, what was I going to say? Uh Minions. You know, we we talk about like mayhem humor or rude yeah. humor. I think we coined the term mayhem humor in our Minions episode and I think that fits well with them. And whereas they kind of do that and there's an audience for that and there there's you know there's there's money in that let's let's be honest. Hey, we all um, saw it. Hey, we all saw saw it. I liked it. Yeah. Um the type of humor that showed up in this film was just uh classy. Mm-hmm. Like we say. Smart. Smart humor. Smart. Oh, smart humor, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. As only the British can do it. (laughs) Right. Um, Now, keep in mind, Ardman, you know, and yet Ardman did also do Pirate's Band of Misfits, which was very dialogue heavy and had a little more edgy humor than Shaun the Sheep, maybe, uh, you know, and Wallace and Gromit. It was very different, and I think that more had to do with the treatment of the different directors. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just goes to show you that that they're not a one-trick horse. You know, they're versatile. Or versatile, if you're in the UK. And um, going back to my original assessment, I thought the movie was cute, but not necessarily in a cuddly, cute teddy bear kawaii way, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, Ardman's films from the Wallace and Gromit universe, they have this great way of producing situation comedy without taking shortcuts, without mm-hmm. resorting to mayhem comedy. Again, there's Minions. And without sacrificing the viewer's intelligence. And that is a mark of good writing and good directing and just a great studio. So bada boom, bada bing. We watched a work of art last week, and I highly recommend that you watch it if you haven't seen it. I agree. Wow. Drop the mic, man. (laughs) Kiss my Aggie ring. All right, so any last thoughts? So let's talk about the themes in the movie. I think one of the most obvious themes is, you know, the grass isn't greener on the other side. You know, it they- really isn't. The moral of the story is that the city is evil, you will get amnesia, and you will die. <laughs> you know, but you'll be an internet sensation. Yes, that's true. Dog catchers are always evil. Be careful what you Dog wish. Dog catchers are evil. Yeah, I think that was a cool thing. Like, he really wanted to get out of his daily slump, but then when it, but he got, he ended up, I don't think that you should not want to get out of your daily slump. I think you should always have some type of an adventure coming around. Everything in moderation. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I think, you know, Sean needed uh, needed a chance to to reconnect and rediscover why he does what he does. (laughs) Yes. and then again, let's be real, on the farm, really the farm never has a day off. It's the true. farm always keeps going. The animals need to be fed, the crops need to be watered, or tended, true. or harvested. That's true, but at the end, at the end, the farmer uh, learns how to have fun with the sheep again, like at the beginning. They should have fun. When he's herding mm-hmm. the sheep and, and shearing them, it should be a fun experience rather than just... Oh, like, you're, you're saying they should love their work and they should love their work. They don't need a vacation to lo- to enjoy their existence? Yes. <laughs> Well, if you don't love it, then you should probably change. It's true. That's an interesting assessment, but I think at the end of the movie, <laughs> they tried to they tried to point out that like every now and then you need a day off, you know, and not necessarily a harrowing like breakneck uh, adventure where you almost die, but you know, just 
maybe someday throw out the schedule and just have a, a, a fun day, you know? I think that's what the farmer learned to do in the end. But yes, I think now that Sean and the gang now have more enjoyment in the mundane day-in and day-out things because they now know that their life isn't in danger anymore, like in the city. So There are no dog catchers I, on the farm. Oh, there are no cats in America either. <laughs> Streets are paved with cheese. All right, right, so last thoughts before we rate it. Cheese, Gromit. (laughs) Wensleydale. (laughs) Oh, why isn't Aja on here? She can make fun of my horrible British accent. (laughs) That she could. We've got a Kaja, but no Aja. So, do you have any last thoughts before we rate the film? Um, I don't. I already dropped my mic. Oh, I really appreciated the acapella rendition of the summer song by all of the sheep. Oh, that's I true. really you appreciate have a musical that. interlude. Where they're like, you had the one like beatboxer like going at it too. It was like, yes, <laughs> aka awesome. <laughs> I feel like I need to see this movie again because there was – well, that's one thing. When we're, now that we're doing these – we're doing new releases, um, we can't we can't really, like, write down every single joke and reference or we haven't seen it a million times. So I feel like when I do these reviews with you guys, I miss out a lot of those funny moments. I love them in the moment, but when, you know, I go to write my notes and to, to talk with you guys on the podcast, I kind of forget. So I definitely want to see this movie again because it made me laugh. It was really fun. Yeah. Definitely. And I think everybody who listens to this needs to tell other people to go watch it as well because it deserves to have a good following. And right. to be not necessarily quoted because you can't really quote it, but <laughs> you can say, like, hey, remember? <laughs> Try quoting Sean the Sheep. <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a loaded question. You can ask someone to see if they really saw Sean the Sheep. Be like, right. hey, so what's your favorite quote from Sean the Sheep? <laughs> Oh, I like, um, oh no, we're sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, and, uh, okay, so what do y'all rate it? Let's put this movie, does this movie advance to the finals, or is it put on the chopping block? Because I've been watching a lot of Chopped lately. So I'm going to rate this film four stars. I thought that it was very smart, it was witty, it was cleverly done. You know, very humorous. I had a great time. I love the visuals and I love the story. It's nothing too, uh, you know, cerebral. It's not going to make you think about it for months, like, you know, Inside Out. I just had someone come to me and wanted to talk about Inside Out. Two months, you know, it's been released. But nonetheless, I left this movie smiling, you know, ear to ear and just really feeling edified, which is kind of an interesting word to use for a review. But um, I just <laughs> edified. What it what it brought me and and how it made me feel and the story that it told. So four stars. Did you did you rejoice, Morgan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all edified together. Oh. Uh, all right. What about you, Gels? I also give it four stars. I felt that it was a movie that not. I mean, you were mentioning that you don't think it was actually geared toward children, but I think it was geared enough toward children. I mean. Obviously, it is it is sheep, and so people are going to think that it's for kids, and it's animation and sheep, therefore it's kids, right? But I don't – I think that they they were just gearing it to themselves as well as just 
in the lives of these characters that already have a background and already have like kind of a, um, they just, they already have a life in the UK. They, they've got four seasons of it. Um, but they did a really great job of making it something that everyone would get something out of. And I know that all those kids that are going to see this 10 years, 20 years down the road are going to remember seeing those images in their head and remembering Sean the Sheep and then smiling when they remember it. Well said, well said. Well, uh, I can't... Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to rate it four stars as well. All right. If I rated it any lower, well, I would feel sheepish. <laughs> I'll write you bad, boy. But no more for <laughs> Yeah, four stars. Um, this was a really, really solid animated film, and I was just very impressed by how classy it was and just the art form that is stop-motion animation. And um, not that stop-motion automatically gets, like, a an extra star, but just the quality of it was really clean, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it was just really good, so... Four stars. If you want to know why, then listen to the pr- the past hour of us talking. <laughs> I actually, uh, I told, I went with my sister and my neighbor, and my sister loved it and she thought it was amazing. And then a random I, told, group. I told my parents. Well, long story. My neighbor and all her, you know, kids. So, anyways. <laughs> So I told my parents to see it, and I didn't know if they had or not, but then at Sunday dinner, we all got together, and my dad, the first thing he said to me is, did you see that Shaun the Sheep movie? It was it's <laughs> awesome, which makes me so sad that not more people saw this film, yeah. because I think if people would have seen the film, they would have those reactions too, and they'd be sharing it with their friends. But I think just the word did not get out there enough to, to really make word of mouth spread. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it picks up in future weeks, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. So going back to the question before we go into our voicemails, Mason, you asked, do you think this movie is for kids? And you were going to tie that discussion up at the very end. So what are your thoughts? I think young kids, I think some jokes might fly over the heads of young kids and it might, the show might be boring to them. But I think like, like, I don't know. Ten and above should be able to do. I, I don't know. No, I feel I, like this is. I feel like this is a good family movie. Actually, I'd I'd be really interested to to see um, what Ardman's um, main demographic is for the Shaun the Sheep show. Like, is that something that families like sit down and watch together? You know, uh, in the evenings, or is it like a a show that they put on for kids at school when there's a substitute teacher, or is it like a show that like college kids watch and you know, hey. Uh, Hello, bloke. Did you catch John the Sheep on the telly? Uh, you know, like they talk in Britain. Yes, it's exactly how they talk. I don't know. In my experience, the U.S. are usually children, but anyway. Well, you know how there's adult animation in the states. You know, there's like Bob's Burgers, Family yeah. Guy, and uh, and other shows. You know. So you were saying like, oh, I, th- I recommend this for people who are 10 and above. I think people who are familiar, children who are familiar with the show will really like it. And I had, I think, a th- I think he's three. 
one of the kids was three years old and he was glued to the the whole thing, even though it didn't have dialogue, even though it had, didn't have some of the things that maybe pander to the lowest common denominator, as we like to say, but he loved it. And my parents are in their sixties and they loved it. So it really is mm-hmm. a family, a great film for all ages. Yes. Okay, so we are going to go into our voicemail section now. We have one voicemail, and this time it is from Sarah. She has she has not seen the film yet. She is just giving us her review of Inside Out. Hello, Rotoscopers. Yes, I brought the Thundertube back. I love She has my her own Thundertube. Holy cow. My favorite thing I've gotten this year, probably. Um, and I am here to leave a review for the 101st episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. Podcast, not podcast. Why, sorry. Sorry. Awkward. Um, I don't know what movie you guys are reviewing. But... I wanted to leave my thoughts on Inside Out. I know I'm a few weeks late, but I just got to see it last week, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, my gosh. I think it's tied with Jurassic World for being my second favorite movie of the year. I loved the entire movie, especially Joy and Bing Bong. I just thought they were so adorable and sadness. I was just completely blown away. I adored this movie so much and I would gladly go watch it again right now but I was not prepared for the amount of seals in this movie it was so sad anywho I just had to leave a short voicemail thank you guys for always answering the voicemails I just think it's just so sweet of you guys to do that bye Morgan Mason and Chelsea I love you oh love you too Sarah we love you too Sarah Sarah is watching live which is pretty awesome so we are hearing her speak but we're also seeing her type. <laughs> That's weird. Sarah Rama. All right. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know about Jurassic World, but Inside Out was really good. And uh, <laughs> um, I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm glad you got to see it. I think I think everyone who loves the medium of animation or wants to be an animator just needs to keep up with Pixar. Um, they're, they're really at the cutting edge. But yeah. So speaking of Inside Out, if you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you should be because I did a makeup tutorial, like a Halloween cosplay tutorial on sadness, and I'll be releasing that hopefully soon. Probably by the time this episode is out, you this you know if you're only listening to the audio file, um, that should be on live on the YouTube channel. But I'm also this week going to be recording disgust and joy. So those are going to be really fun and subscribe to check them out. I'm really excited. I even uh, coordinated with someone who makes wigs. And so the wigs are, you know, the exact cut, like even sadness. I didn't realize this until I got the wig, but sadness's wig is really short on one side and long on the other side. And, flips oh. down. and so yeah, it's kind of like my hair right now. Like, why is this? Oh, and then I was the photo. I'm like, Oh, I guess her hair is like that. It's not attractive in person, but it totally works. And the wig is authentic. So I include all the links on where to find those. And if you want to be sadness for Halloween and I have the sweater and the glasses, it's all good. So 
subscribe to the YouTube channel because I'm really excited to release Yeah, that. Morgan showed us a preview of what the end result looked like. It was scary how much she looked like sadness. <sighs> Check out the in Instagram for that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. Rotoscopers.com slash Instagram or Instagram.com slash Rotoscopers. Either one works. Palindrome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did we just make it through our first live episode? I think we did. Woohoo! Without a hitch for the most part. We were a little late, so sorry to those who are listening live. We have 15 people who are watching live right now, which makes me really excited. I'm expecting zero or one so <laughs> thank you for everyone who has been watching this and to all those who are going to be listening in the future thank you so much for your support um, we will be doing these every two weeks so i'm going to include a little section on the show notes or not on the show notes on the website on the bottom footer it's going to say the calendar of movies we're going to be reviewing and what days because we record these every other monday at 5 30 pacific daylight time and 7 30 central daylight time um so if you want to join in and watch us live just go to rotoscopers.com slash live and that's where we will upload the new video for everybody who's interested um you know so you can prepare so you can get in the the chat there's been lots of people chatting right now kaja shout, and sarah shout out to you guys they've been chatting so we did not the best job of really promoting our live show so we will try to do that more in the future. So if you love listening and you can't wait for our new episodes to come out and you want to join us, definitely do that. And again, thanks to all the patrons who made this possible. Um, one of our next oh, episodes yeah. um, in the future is going to be doing these every week. So hopefully at some point in the near future, we'll be able to do these every Monday, you know, not just every other Monday. It'll just be every Monday, 530, tune in, boom. So Dude, just think your weekly that. dose of Animation Addicts. Mm -hmm. We're excited. You get to see our beautiful faces. That means I have to actually like shower, put on clothes, and like put myself together instead of twice, once every two weeks, once every week. And so your wife will the thank us. The sacrifices we make for y'all are great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for show notes for this episode, you can go to rotoscopers.com/slash 101. That's where you can find all the show notes, everything that we've talked about. If you want, to, if you're in the UK and you want to buy this movie, we'll have links for that. We'll include, you know, anything right there you can also find the video there it'll be embedded at the bottom if you're interested and uh, definitely give us a shout out on twitter hashtag animatics or hashtag animatics 101 um, to let us know that you made it to the very end of this episode and you listened all the way and if you were one of our live listeners definitely give us a shout out and tweet us at animatics 101 um, if you'd like to hear yourself on the if you'd like to hear yourself on the show, give us a call at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or 406-646-6575. And of course, you can support us a myriad of ways. We have our Patreon, and we're so grateful for everyone supporting us on Patreon. We're having a great time in the patron group, having different discussions. I love it. It's, it's such that's a great, great. there. Um, so that's one of the perks if you're a $5 patron or more. Um, you can support us on Amazon by doing starting all of your Amazon shopping using rotoscopers.com slash Amazon. And of course, for those of you who like audiobooks and can't get enough audio in your ears, go to rotoscopers.com slash audible. So yeah, that's basically it. And I'm, I'm just so excited that we're able to do this now and, and how the show has grown and the support you guys have given us. Oh, this is one thing I did want to ask. So I'm going to tie, I'm going to end it with this. 
So, you know, I, there's a ton of people who on Instagram and different, different places, they, you know, they tag us, they say, yeah, we love, you know, the rotoscopers. I love being a part of this community. And I was trying to think of a name for, you know, our community. And I thought potentially we could name it the Roto Gang. Um, and Mason and Chelsea liked that, but I was like, you know, let's let the fans and let's let the listeners and the readers and everyone, let them choose a name because the patrons, we call them Roto Nation. And I just want to hear what you guys, so in the show notes, I will put a link to, um, a poll so you can, you know, vote for different things that, you know, Roto Gang, if you like that, if you don't like that, then vote for something else. You can input your own and we'll talk about it. So that way you guys can really, you know, cause I want to be able to go and, and put hashtag Roto Gang or hashtag Roto whatever, or maybe it's something not even Roto, um, and just be able to see everyone and what they're doing in the animation world and just be able to connect even more. So that's why I'm interested in that. So let us know, rotoscopers.com slash 101. All right, I like, guys. I like the idea of Roto Gang. I we can have gang signs. We can have gang colors. We can have <laughs> gang kerchiefs. Not quite what I was going for, yeah. but if you are. Oh, just, just like a gang and name only. Of... I mean, we could really just keep it at animatics. Yeah. I... You all decide. We have complete faith in you. I just don't, just don't mess this up. Let us know your reviews of Shaun the Sheep at in our comments section. Wrote a Makes sense. 101. And until next time. We, we are the Rotoscopers. That was probably a huge delay. Still doesn't work very well when free. Still doesn't work very well. Just cue the, cue the sound effect. I have it, shall I? <laughs> next time. All right, guys.